1: Hi everyone, this is Chris Grasso with the Indie Spirituals Podcast on the Be Here Now Network, and my guest today is Cheryl Abrams. Cheryl, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I want to read your bio, Cheryl. I was just saying before we started this, it might be the most fun bio I've ever received, so I want to read it in its full-on entirety. Sometimes I'll edit these down. We're not going to do that with this one. <laughs> Cheryl Abrams is the author of Firing God. And Tales from Eternity, Armageddon, Orgasms, Kittens, and Gravity, fun and entertaining pointers to the truth. She's the single mother of Jared, Naomi, Paul, and Daniel. Cheryl was at the end of her rope. Her life was falling apart on every level, and as a devout Christian, she had succeeded in making herself unworthy, incomplete, and separate from God. Then one day she took a leap of doubt and fired the object she worshipped. This was a suicidal act that could not be rushed nor avoided. The terribly, the terrible beauty that was asleep could not be sought or found. In that moment, something was remembered after having, seemingly, been dismembered. Cheryl's outward circumstances have not miraculously improved. Her credit is still terrible. She still gets angry, sad, happy, grossed out, and aroused, sometimes in that order. Student loans are still the bane of her existence, and she still has 15 stubborn pounds to lose. Cheryl does not have a sudden story of allowing material abundance into her life or constantly seeing everything as one. Big ups to those who do have that story. It's a good one. Rather, as she puts it, it's still selfishly about me. But the me is not the me that I thought it was. A twice-divorced working mom... Daily navigating the horrific traffic from Northern Virginia to Washington, D.C., Cheryl only wanted to be happy when happiness was unnecessary, or was necessary, excuse me. Now that it isn't, Cheryl can finally live. And for more info, please visit www.sherylabram, A B R A M, dot com. And for our audience, that link will be posted right below this conversation. So, Cheryl, again, thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like our whole conversation could just be about that bio. There's so much fun stuff in there. <laughs> um but but and maybe we'll revisit some of that. The the second book um that I mentioned from your bio, Tales from Eternity, Armageddon, Orgasms, Kittens, and Gravity, Fun and Entertaining Pointers to the Truth, that's what compelled me to reach out to you and invite you onto this show. Um it's a fantastic book. As I said, I'm I'm just about three quarters of the way through. I have a tiny bit left. But I can say from what I've read, it's wonderful, um, and we're going to talk about that. So I wanted to start out by jumping right into um, an excerpt from the introduction, if that works for you. Uh-oh, and you're frozen. Ah, oh, there you are. I lost you for a second. Can you hear me, Cheryl? Yep, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> ah, hear it. No, we're good. We're good. Um, okay, so I, what I was saying is, I want to jump right into an excerpt from the introduction. Um, and I, I mean, this, it grabbed my attention right, right away, right from the very first paragraph that you wrote. And in which you said, When I began this journey to self discovery, I found it extremely lonely. As a recovering Christian, Southern Baptist, African American, woman, wife, mother, and every other label assigned to me, and believed wholeheartedly, I found myself in a very dark place where my only way out was honesty. My only way out was to tell the complete truth. And so that, you know, to tell the complete truth, that is no small task, you know, at all. It's something that I've certainly worked on quite a bit in my own life, and it's been very cathartic when I've been able to do it. But I would love to hear more about that in, in this kind of the, the first steps in this journey of yours into self-discovery. What what better place to start than that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so tale, Tales from Eternity is uh, that's the the story, uh it's the prelude to Firing God. Okay, okay? Firing God is my first book. Yes. And Tales from Eternity are the, all the stories that I wrote uh, before that.
1: Mm.
2: They. Something happened to me and I wasn't sure what it was. Mm. Okay. And uh, Tales from Eternity is me just trying to figure out what that was. And uh, it was. It was looking at all of the things that was happening like literally every day all around me and being able to see what was true about that see what the story was about it and then see what the underlying what the story wasn't
0: Hmm.
2: okay uh what was not a story uh, about those things and uh it was very scary it was very scary to see that. And uh, telling the truth is not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. And when I say tell the truth, I don't mean, you know, not telling a lie. I mean, it's, it's not the same thing. It, it's something that happens before language, you know? Sure. It's, um, it's a lot more to do with, you know, integrity, being being really, you know, here, really who you actually, you actually are. And I mean, there's, there's so much in that phrase, telling the truth, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that has nothing to do with words at all, you know? Right, right. It's, uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, but, but finally saying, I really just don't know. I have no idea what's going on here it took a lot to finally to finally say that and really really see that yeah I have,
1: no, I have no idea what's going on and when that happened for you, what do you feel was the result of that what did that open up for you what was the experience thereafter from that?
2: Well first of all it was a relief mm. it was such a relief you know yeah. I there was actually a feeling of a weight being lifted, like a weight that I didn't even know was there. Sure. You know, I had no idea it was there. Uh, So that was the first thing, you know. And and from when that weight was gone, that's when, like, questions just sprouted, like from all over the place, you know. (laughs) They just from all over, questions that I never would have thought to ask, ever, ever. They just came from all over, you know? And, uh, you know, so so that's, and I didn't even know, so I was asking questions, but I didn't know what I was looking for, Mm. you know? It was like questions to try to find what, you know? But they were just, you know, they were just questions. Like, I grew up as a Christian. And uh, Southern Baptist, and I was asking questions about Bible stories that I had never thought to ask before. Mm-hmm. For what? Why would I ask those questions? There was no reason to. Right. You
1: know?
2: um, but here I was asking those questions, and I didn't know why. Why? Why do I need to ask that question? Mm-hmm. You know. But they were being asked, and I wasn't getting an answer, which made me ask another question. You know, <laughs> and then it just kept going on and on and on. So. Right,
1: this rabbit hole is a deep yeah. one. It's a <laughs> deep one. Well, so let's uh, you know, let's explore that a little bit further. The the aspect you mentioned of growing up Southern Baptist Christian, you know that that theme is is obviously very heavy in your book, and and, and of course had a very deep impact in your life. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that experience, both during and then thereafter, and and you know what that may have caused for you or, or, how that shaped who you are today, um, your experience now, whatever comes up for you in that regard.
2: Yeah. I really, that was all I knew. Okay. Yeah. Because, um, you know, that's really all I knew growing. I grew up in Southern Louisiana and religion is just, it's ubiquitous down there. Sure everywhere. It's not just the church. I mean, it's in, in school, it's in the grocery store, it's, you know, it's everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you go, literally.
1: Yeah.
2: And um, just the idea, like I, I didn't, I didn't even know what an atheist was. I mean, right. how could someone not believe in God? How is that even possible, yeah. you know? I didn't even know that was possible. You know, and here I was considering that there could not be there possibly couldn't be a, a being out there looking at me or hearing the words that I'm saying right now. Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> I, I can't I can like try to, but
2: that nobody hears me? Yeah, and nobody's nobody sees me. I mean, that was the the most. I was I was so upset when I finally saw that nobody sees me. Mm-hmm. I was hurt, and oh man, I can't even explain how 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 that was. Sure. You know. Um. Yeah, that was hard. That was very hard, but. See, but that's part of telling the truth, yeah. you know? And, and the thing is that once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it, mm. you know? I wanted to forget. I really did, you know? And I, t- I remember telling my big sister that I could not go back to Christianity because it wasn't there. Mm. It's not that I didn't want to go back, there was nothing to go back to, it, it was just gone. You know, it was, it was gone. There was nothing to go back. Whatever was there before it has some, it had substance to it. Yeah. Like there was actually something, I don't know what it was, but there was actually something there, you know, that was just not there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It it was just gone.
1: Mm -hmm. And so here you are now on the other side of that. I mean, that obviously to say would have been a crisis of faith. I, I think that doesn't begin to do justice for what it sounds like your experience yeah. was, because what you knew your whole life, right, is gone. Now you're in this completely groundless state. You know, I, I can just yeah. imagine like a, a free fall feeling of, you know. That's
2: exactly, that's the exact word. There was nothing, I couldn't grab onto anything. Right. There was nothing, <laughs> there was nothing there.
1: Yeah. So was- so how did you navigate that as you worked as you as you experienced it, what was what was that like for you? What did you do?
2: I just fell. Mm. That that's it. That's so cool. I, I I fell, and I, re, I remember, I remember lying in my bed. I was so frustrated because I knew there was something, but I didn't know what. Like what? Am, why? what is this? Because I I wasn't looking for anything, you know, I I just, oh my goodness, I, like, like I said, in in my bio, I I was, I was just tired, you know, I was tired of trying to live. And I was like, why is it so hard? You know, the birds make it look so simple. (laughs) Can I be a bird? Can I just do that? You know, why is living so hard? I just wanted just a little bit easier, just a little bit, you know, and uh, and then this thing happened, you know, and I wasn't I actually wanted to be a better Christian is what I was looking for.
1: Yeah.
2: You no, know? but it was I was just so exhausted, you know, to where I said, you know what? I just give up. I, I clearly can't do it. Yeah. OK, I, I can't be whatever God wants me to be so fine I just said fine you know I, I just I can't do it yeah and um and that's when whatever happened happened but I wasn't looking for that right you know <laughs> and uh you know and I remember lying in bed just crying totally frustrated because I didn't know I don't know like It's like I'm looking for something and I know there's something, but it's not what this is. But I just don't know. It was just so confusing. Yeah, sure. (laughs) uh, The frustration was off the charts. It really, really was. Yeah. And I think in one of those stories, I said, seeking is a bitch. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't get rid of it. I wanted it was like, get off of me, you know. I could. It's like every when I wake up, I'm on the toilet. I'm in the tub. I'm you know, it was just every it was like, leave me alone.
1: <laughs> yeah, awful, well, so frustrating. So, so that it kind of segues pretty nicely into the next excerpt I wanted to read from your book. Um, and I don't know if this is the same experience you're talking about or not, but I think it'll still transition quite nicely. And and you right. Uh, Some time ago, on a sunny day in May, I had an experience, a reminder that led me to see life from an entirely new perspective. My search was no longer for security, happiness, wealth, love, peace, or joy. My search was for truth. Actually, my search was to find out what the hell happened to me that day. So is that the experience you're talking about or is this a different one and in either way I would love for you to elaborate a bit more on that experience.
2: Yeah. So there were two there were two things that happened. Yeah. There was the one day where where I talked about being released from chains, where I finally felt I finally felt like I could tell the truth and that's when I told God, you know, I'm tired I'm not doing this anymore. You can fuck off. I'm, I'm done with you. Yeah. And that's when I felt like, you know, the chains had been lifted and, you know, uh, that weight wasn't on me anymore. And then like a few months after that, that's when I, you know, was at work and I had that really frightening experience where my palms were sweaty and my heart was beating really fast. For some reason, I thought I was dying, having a heart attack at 30 something, you know, which was totally ridiculous because I'm a healthy, you know, 30 something year old. and. And then all of a sudden i just felt like you know i was in eternity Mm. and uh you know everything around me was there and you know that was that experience and you know from there is really where all of the the things started happening you know the questions began to arise you know and and all all of those things Um, because i had no idea what that was so i went home and Started googling, you know, already an eternity. I'm like, because I'm like, this, I can't be the only one that this has happened to, right? Somebody else has have experienced this thing, right? Right. right. So, you know that that that's when I started uh, looking for stuff.
1: And so, who did you stumble upon? Was there any books or teachers, or, or what helped you as you started to move forward from this experience?
2: Well, when I googled, um, I the first the first person. That I saw. So I typed in things like already in heaven, already in eternity, uh, feels like I'm in eternity, you know, things like that. So yeah. like some of the things that I that I had felt that day. Yeah. And one guy came up, uh, his name was Osho.
1: Yep.
2: Right. Sure. So I clicked on him and I listened for a while. He was saying, I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> I really didn't. I'm like, I, I just didn't get it. Okay. I didn't know what he was saying, yeah. right? So, um, who else did I, uh, I found, uh, the guy who just died recently. What is his name? Austin Smith. No, he uh, had bald head. He used to go on stage. Oh, Wayne years. Dyer, Wayne Dyer. Yeah. yeah. He was a lot easier to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He was a lot easier to understand. So I listened to a few things, but he, he was, but he wasn't really hitting what had happened. Yeah. So, um, who else did I hear? I found a course in miracles. Oh yeah. That stuff was weird, but it was more, it was more what, what had happened. It, It was really getting to what, um, what I had experienced.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but I didn't do all those lessons and stuff, it
1: was, you know, it's a, it's a solid it was, read.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was really Jesus-y, you know, and I just told God to fuck off and stuff. I wasn't, you know, so you know. So I read a little bit of the, a little bit of that, but, um, uh, and then I started to find, like, I listened to some of what, um, uh, oh, what's his name? I just saw this guy.
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: some of the other gurus uh, like Muji I
0: listened
2: sure. to yeah. yeah so some of those other folks yeah. and they were saying some stuff but like I said in one of the other interviews what I was what I was really looking for was I was looking for me like yeah. I was looking for someone who looked like me mm. you know because I was still going through like life was still happening yeah. you know I didn't have time for spiritual stuff yeah. like I didn't like I was really going through it at that time yeah. And um, I I didn't have time for universe things. I had to take care of you know my house and my job and my kids and my health and you know I had bills and foreclosures and all these things going on. I needed somebody who understood all of that yeah. to help me with my emotional issues and you know all these things. You know I meditation and all that stuff was not on my list of things to do you know all this these spiritual things so I tried to push all that stuff aside but it wouldn't go Mm. so you know I attempted to talk to people who did look like me you know and who I could identify with but everybody I knew was a Christian yeah you know or had those tendencies so I was hearing stuff about you know just pray about it, and God's gonna work it out, and that just wasn't working for me right. anymore, right. you know? So that's when I went to my stories. And I just, you know, cause I couldn't leave it alone. It wouldn't leave me alone.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I, ha- but they they just became one thing, yeah. you know? my The house foreclosure and the divorce and whatever was going on, mm-hmm. they just became one thing. Yeah. There was no separation between the spiritual and the material or whatever. Right. You know, it's all the same. It, it was just all the same thing. Right.
1: And I appreciate that you say that because I found in my own travels a lot of people like to compartmentalize their spirituality and their practice as a formal sitting, you know, my Zafu for 20, 30 minutes, my yoga class. But then, like you said, foreclosures happen people die, bills need to get paid, children need to b- have food put on the table for them. Like, So there is no separation between any of it, and I love, love, love one of the chapters in your book called One Color, which to mm-hmm. me, this was such a tremendously profound and beautiful way to explain just what we're talking about, and I have another expert I want to share from that, and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little further. So you write, and again, this is just a brief part of this really wonderful chapter. You write, look around you, take note of what you see, including yourself. Now think of a color, any color will do, but let's pick red for instance. Now imagine that everything around you, including yourself was red. Not only are things around you the color red, but actions are red as well. The act of seeing, hearing, breathing, speaking, typing, Running, walking, sleeping, thinking, smelling, etc. Speaking is also red, and the space between things is red. With everything known and unknown made of the color red, tell me what red is. I love that. I mean, I, and it goes on, and I actually wanted to, to write more, but I figured that'd be a good place to stop so we could talk a little more about it. Because just like we were saying, where does where does one thing start and stop? Unless it's in the mind, you know, and we're creating that that false division, that illusory boundary. So I would love to hear more about your experience with this.
2: Yeah. So the the day that I wrote that story, I was – it was actually a really bad day for me
0: because
2: I was was feeling extremely – when I say extremely, I mean like extremely (laughs) isn't even – I like I it was almost like I couldn't breathe. I was so claustrophobic. There was such a feeling of claustrophobia. I went outside and I was still it was like I couldn't get out of something. Yeah. You know? I just I didn't have room. You know, I just did not have any room. Yeah. So um that's what that story is. There was just no space even though there's i i just felt like i had no space Mm. you know and that's where that story came from Mm.
1: as i'm reading it i was looking at it from this non-dual perspective of Mm -hmm. everything is like we were saying there is no separation Mm -hmm. it's all one so I, i appreciated like imagine if everything really was red and not just everything but like you were saying, thoughts, smells, yeah. all the sensations, the, the totality of this human experience. And that to me was a really, the way I took it, was a very beautiful way of conveying the ultimate reality, the unmanifest and manifest as one intertwined, the whole dance. Yeah. You know, I, I really, that's how I took it. And I really yeah. appreciated it that way. Yeah. Um so, but when you wrote it, you didn't actually mean it in that way, or you... No, that's what I'm saying. That I is mean, what you're it's, saying, okay. It's, yeah,
2: there's
1: yes. no, no space. There's no. no
2: separation between anything. Gotcha. All, yeah. I thought, I, yeah, I yeah. just wanted
1: to be clear in my understanding of what yeah, you were yeah. saying now, because I, I, I was a little confused. You were saying you were having a very bad day. You felt yeah. you had no space. I didn't know if you meant claustrophobic, but I see what you're saying. So, yes, that is exactly yeah, yeah. how you meant it. yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, because it just uh, not being used to, you know, because I felt like I just had it was it was a day where I um I just felt like I had no sense of control of anything, you know. It was very um, you know, with all these things going on yeah. in my life at the time, you know. Yeah. Nothing was in my hands. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't manipulate stuff <laughs> the way that I wanted to. Right. You know. Right. Things were just happening you know, and, um, you know, clouds were just going by, Mm -hmm. you know, there was nothing I could do about it.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, the wind was just blowing, you know, the sky was just blue. Yeah. I couldn't do anything about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was, that was awful. You know, it was terrible, you know?
1: Yeah. So what, what do you do today then? Um, because I, I know some people will listen to others talk about non-duality and that even talking about non-duality is duality you know because here we are talking about it there's you know so i get that end of things but a lot of people are very staunch you know like you need to be a practitioner of this lineage or that lineage for many many years and you know or many many lifetimes even before you will have this experience that that you know we're talking about this everything is red experience so You've had the experience. Uh, in Buddhism, they might call it stream entry, where you have that, holy shit, like, there is no me. Literally, there is no self, this imagined self. It doesn't exist. It's all a mind-created illusion. But then, so some people will have that, and it'll be, I mean, this, I think, is rare, but fully integrated. there in the moment. It's like, huh, okay. Ramana Maharshi is an example. I don't know if you've stumbled across any of his stuff, but... Yeah, an old, old Indian sage. So there are those people that have had that. But then a teacher like Adyashanti, one of the today's contemporary non-dual teachers, talks about how a lot of people have this experience. And then it takes you know, a couple of years, maybe longer, for them to really integrate it if they work with it so it becomes more of their experience. So they're not living from a place of duality, of separation. For you, what's your experience been? since all of this has happened what what is it like for you today because i know in your bio which i loved you know you were very honest like you still have this shitty commute to work you know like i can relate that sucks you know you life still happens so are you like in this you know it's all one it's all good or is it like does life still just suck and it is what it is um i don't i don't
2: know i mean what is it like I guess comparing it to I don't know my life as a Christian Sure. I'm certainly more open mm-hmm. I'm not as I don't keep secrets from myself yeah. like I did before um you know, as a as a Christian I was I made a pathology of suppressing my feelings. I don't do that anymore. Um, I um, I enjoy being real with people.
1: Yeah.
2: I actually like that. Yeah. I like showing people who Cheryl is.
1: Yeah.
2: You know? Um, and I enjoy inviting people to do the same with me. Yeah, that's, uh, so that's different.
1: I've, I've loved, we recently connected on Facebook and I've seen that, like, I absolutely adore your posts because they are a hundred percent real, you know, you put out whatever's coming up for you. But the important thing I think, you know, is you invite people to be real with you as well. So it's like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what's coming up for me. But you know, what about you? You know, and and then it turns into some pretty interesting conversations that happen. And I actually have, a, if if we have time, I hope we do, a couple of posts you made last week, just so we can explore. Oh, but um, <laughs> I, I still want to talk a little more about the book. But um, but no, I really do. I've I've enjoyed watching uh, those interactions on your Facebook page. I think it's great.
2: Oh, um, you see. The- <laughs> oh, I see
1: those all right. Yes, <laughs> I see them. I love it. It's great. It's real. And that's, that's, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on is I see the authenticity and and just being honest about what's going on. Uh, one thing, anyone who knows me, one of the big, um, what's the, even the word? Um, one of the big issues for lack of putting it more eloquently I have in the quote unquote, spiritual arena of teachers and, and authors is that So much of it is watered down. So much of it really, and this will sound judgmental, but my experience of it has been bullshit. You know, it's more about marketing. It's more about sales. It's more about, wow, I can have a lucrative career if I, you know, do this or take that approach. And I mean, it's pretty glaringly obvious, I think, to those that have the eyes to see it. But we also live in a time and a culture where it's easy, you know, to have that wool pulled over our eyes and to get really sucked up into these things so anyways i just i'm not a fan of that i've said it a million times on my show before i'll say it a million times you know afterwards so i appreciate people like you that will write so authentically you know and just say here's what's coming up for me the good the bad the ugly like here Mm -hmm. it is like and just do with it what you will let's talk about it let's not whatever so um so let me share then, and and this goes back to something you, you did already quote earlier, but another chapter, am I enlightened yet? And, and the expert I took from that is starting with seeking is a bitch. Love that. <laughs> it's all I think about all day, every day. I go to sleep thinking about this thing that can't be known, and I wake up thinking about it, whatever it is. It's on my mind when I'm driving, when I'm eating, when I'm interacting with other people, When I'm in the shower, when I'm on the toilet, when I'm at work, and when I'm sitting quietly, I walk in the forest for hours, sit, read books, fast, ask questions, don't ask questions, don't read, etc., all in the hopes of getting it. What is it? What am I looking for? Where is it? I want to know. I want to find it. I want relief from this thing that clearly isn't it. It's freaking annoying, and it's sometimes worse than whatever I was doing before I started searching for it. Then one day it hit me. Cheryl, you're not seeking enlightenment, awakening, or salvation. You're not trying to find truth. You're trying to get away. You're still trying to get the hell out of here. So first of all, that's a perfect example of what I was just saying. Like When you're willing to show like your rawness, I, to me, that's a beautifully vulnerable piece that speaks to the truth. You know, like... Here it is. like, And I am. I'm trying to get away. I'm trying to get the hell out of here. So many people, myself included, for, for years in the beginning of my own journey, was what is called uh, spiritual. Well, spiritual bypassing is, is thrown a lot around, around a lot now. But spiritual materialism was the original term coined by a Buddhist teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, where we're just replacing one thing for another. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of this spirituality I was just talking about a few moments ago, instead of peeling away these layers like you're writing about and finding out what the hell's really going on, we're just adding more layers on. We're spiritualizing our ego. We're learning this new language and we're buying these new clothes and beads. And, you know, it's just a new identity for the ego to mask whatever it is we're trying to get away from, you know, case by case basis there. So. What were, where, where were you trying to get the hell out of what, you know, I'd like to unpack that whole excerpt a little bit more, you know, the, the trying to run away, the trying to, the seeking, the trying to find the truth. What is truth? Um, I know I just threw a whole lot at you. So taking, (laughs) taking all of that bombardment I just hit you with, what comes to mind? Anything, whatever comes up for you from all of that? Um,
2: uh it's trying to get away from uh from me I, from me, mm-hmm. I guess I, I actually just got an email from a lady who's reading the book too where she asked me kind of the same question I forgot how she phrased it but um she said what she found was that she was trying to um She's trying to do something, but she asked me what was what was my problem, like what what was I um, what was my issue, you know, that sure. I started to search or, or whatever, and um and and I said that I think the issue was that my I found that my problem well what I thought was that my problem in life life was so hard because I was in it mm-hmm. that's why life was hard. It's just because I was here. If it weren't for me being here, life would be a piece of cake. Mm. Okay. Now, how can I be here and still enjoy life? That—that's the conundrum. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, how can I do that? That's the dilemma, right? And uh, so I was trying to escape. Like, I was trying to escape but enjoy life, right? Yeah. Because for some reason I thought that I was the problem. Mm. Cheryl, Cheryl's the problem here. Uh, that's what the issue is. So it's about looking at that. Is that really the case? Is Cheryl the problem? Mm. Is Cheryl. I mean, what is this Cheryl thing that you're talking about anyway?
1: So let's talk about that because exactly <laughs> that's that's goes back to the whole no self thing we were talking yeah, about yeah. earlier. So life is happening. The problem is that I believe Chris is happening in this life, you know. But what is Chris? <laughs> really, what is Chris? So, so what is Cheryl? Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm uh, a, yeah
1: I yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh.
2: Cheryl, Cheryl seems to be a really, uh, Cheryl's a habit. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl's a habit that I like.
1: <laughs> Persistent one, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, she's a habit. And uh, yeah. You know, one thing that I saw, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and it's just come up again, right? So that day when I, I don't know, just was so excited to see that we're all doing too much and there's too many cooks in the kitchen and all this is, you know, unnecessary. (sighs) One thing that really fascinated me was the fact that there was a computer here. I was so fascinated by the fact that there's a computer in eternity. I mean, that was the funniest thing ever. Like, what the heck is a computer doing here? Right? Because I was in my office at the time yeah. when when uh, when it happened, right? And I was like, why? I've all I've thought like to this date, why why was that such a fascinating thing that there was a computer there? You know, and. Um, And the idea of a computer, the idea of any idea, is just so, even an idea like Cheryl or Chris, I mean, it's just such a, a creative and, uh, I don't know, fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that it's so new, like right now, It's just being created like right now, like it's brand new, like it's never the same ever. It's always brand new, right? So Cheryl's a habit, but she's brand new like in every moment, you know, right now and now and now. It's just so, you know, it's fascinating. You know, she gets a bad rap, you know, we give it a bad rap and stuff like that, but it's so amazing when you really think about it. That it's even
1: here. Yeah. You no. Know? And so, say I'm listening to this conversation as an outsider. Mm-hmm. And, well, first of all, let's say I'm still listening and, and haven't written you and I off as two batshit <laughs> crazy people. So, <laughs> let, let me just get that out of the way. So, let's say someone is still with us. Now, I'm sure plenty of people are still listening. <laughs> But they're listening because some part of them resonates with what we're talking about. And and it's like, you know what, I I've I felt that or I've had a little glimpse into this. I'm using the term no self thing, but it goes by different names. Yeah, yeah. Um what what would you say, Cheryl, if they're like if the question then arises, well, so I've had this little glimpse or it, it resonates, it feels right what they're talking about. How do I go deeper into that? How do I go deeper into seeing through this persistent habit of Chris or Cheryl or whomever the listener's name is, what is one thing that can be done to help start to possibly lay aside this habit of believing who we are? Mm. (laughs) Or do you not really have any formal practices or anything that you do?
2: Yeah, I get that question, yeah, I do. Yeah. I get that question so much. I, I, I don't know. The yeah. all, I really don't know.
1: Because
2: mm. I didn't do anything.
1: You know what I liked that you said earlier was you had a lot of questions come up. And not even that you, but yeah. the questions just started coming up. I think that in and of itself is a profoundly powerful practice. If not only the questions come up, but we really go down that rabbit hole and start seeking, you know. So just from our conversation, what I'm taking away is question. And don't just question, like really go all the way with it. And then if a hundred other questions come up, keep digging and digging, going deeper and deeper.
2: And you know what else too? Yeah. The questions came after I told the truth. Mm. To myself after yeah. I stopped lying to myself, I have this one story. It's actually on my blog. Yeah. Um, it's called the other woman. Yeah. And I talk about my three three roles that I played, where I. Okay, what are the three roles? I was married, and my husband cheated. Mm-hmm. I. I was married and I cheated, and someone else was married, and I was the other woman. Mm-hmm. I was in all of those roles, okay? And I talk about how in all of those roles, I had to tell the truth, okay? And I give like a, a script of what, you know, Like, yes, uh, or what the person would say in each of those roles when they tell the truth about what it is, you know, none of that excuse, you know, well, you know, I'm the wife and, you know, he he's a bad person or I'm the husband, whatever the role is, you know, she's a bad person. She, you know, she knew I had kids and she shouldn't have done that. No, tell tell the truth about about what's going on. You You know, I. I don't feel good about myself. And, you know, I ran this person away or whatever the case may be. Right. There's a truth in there that's not being told. Right. That needs to be yeah. in all of those situations. OK. And that's the kind of thing that I mean, I probably should have put that story in that book because I think that's a really good one. Yeah. But I mean, people can read it on my blog. It's, it's right there for yeah. free. You don't have to pay. Be- <laughs> But that's like the kind of thing that I'm talking about. And that's hard to do. Yeah. Okay, cuz that's what we don't want to do. Right. Okay, we want to blame and shift and all this other kind of stuff to, you know, to get the spotlight off ourselves, of right? Of course. But those questions can't come up if that if that fertile soil isn't there for them to to be able to do that, you know? Yeah.
1: And so, Cheryl, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, unfortunately, we won't have time to get to some of those fun Facebook topics that I was talking about. <laughs> I'll still have to have you on the show again at another time so we can do that. Okay. But another part of the book, um, and I think this will be a nice place to end up on, it's, it's called You Can't Be Saved Alone. And, and you write, you can't be saved alone. You must take, or I'm sorry, the whole piece is called You Can't Be Saved Alone, You Must Take Everyone With You. And in it, you write, I have to say that the most awesome and beautiful thing about this perception is that I can't get into heaven by myself. And I'm not referring to a physical place called heaven as I no longer invest in such a belief, but let's pretend for the sake of this example. While awesome and beautiful, this was one of the most difficult ideas to entertain. And that's what I'd love to hear a little bit about is, is entertaining this, this idea. That's big. That's really big.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, the idea of enemies is one of the most loved ideas, um, not just as a Christian, but I think as a human, (laughs) you know, that's just a a human thing to have an enemy, you know, Um, and I just don't see that, you know, from from this perspective there, there is there's there just isn't that Mm -hmm. and um, that wasn't easy. That wasn't an easy thing to see, you know. Yeah, that wasn't easy to see. Mm -hmm. We're either all going to heaven or we're all going to hell. I
1: mean, right. Which kind of goes back to the no boundary thing before the no yeah, separation, exactly. right? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, when when I watched Trump get elected, not that I want to turn this political, but like that's a perfect example for me of remembering, you know, that underneath, you know, this scared little man is, you know, is me. And underneath this weirdo named Chris is him you know, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's one in the same at that level. But then of course yeah. the mind stuff comes up and it's like you're saying earlier, projections, projections, and it's a wonderful opportunity, or I try to use it on a good day uh, as an invitation to come back and, and remember that, you know, and also mm-hmm. to look at the shadow shit that I'm projecting. Cause there's stuff
0: yeah.
1: in, in me that's, I'm putting out onto him or even I'm putting out onto people I love. It doesn't just have to be difficult people in the world. Oh yeah. You know? So but to me that's why the the book you wrote is so important and that's why I have a deep reverence for so many of these wonderful wisdom non dual teachers out there that are helping point us back to us. You know, the us with if we're spiritually speaking, we'd use a capital U because it's one. You know, it's just us, one self, no self. Um so Cheryl, again, the, the name of the second book is Tales from Eternity, Armageddon, Orgasms, Kittens, and Gravity Fun and Entertaining Pointers to the Truth. Your first book, which, of course, now I'm going to have to read when I finally finish that one, is called <laughs> Fire and God. Your website is CherylAbram.com, and that's C H E R Y L A B R A M. Or just scroll down a little to wherever you're watching or listening to this, and the link will be right there. So Cheryl, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for putting this wonderful work out into the world. It's appreciated, needed, and again, just appreciated. So thanks, Cheryl. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely.